Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I am very excited to be a part of the Earbuds Network, um, a network of podcasts based in Melbourne that's come together to sort of get a lot of us uh, together and, you know, pimp us out there to the world and, I guess, share some promo amongst the group. Um, But yeah, I'm really stoked that Earbuds wanted to have me and Oblivious Maximus to be a part of it, Um, so you should... Uh, check out their Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Earbuds Network. And then they're all over the place at Earbuds Network as well on Twitter and Instagram. And their website is earbudsnetwork.com. So check that out. they got a bunch of cool podcasts on there as well. Um, I've been sent a couple of them already. Uh, the Bunta Vista Socialist Club, The Corporate Box with Vicky Hanlon and Angela Thompson, and the debrief with Dave O'Neill. Those are just a couple of them. Um, but there's a lot on there. So check out that stuff. I'll be on there. I don't know. Keep uh, Pay attention to their socials and things. I got some cool things planned um, for the launch of this network. And yeah, I'm pumped to be a part of it. Uh, now to me and to the podcast. This week, my guest is Ben Searle for the third time. Um, he did one of the earlier episodes, I think, I thought it was really early, he thought it was in the 20s, I haven't looked to check, so I guess me and Solo can fight over that or something, I don't know, um, <laughs> but yeah, Ben has been a great help with this podcast, he, you know, has given me a lot of good ideas in the time that I've been doing it, as we discussed in the podcast, we worked on uh one together for a little while called The Bad Times, which Ben's uh, having to think about and going to try and rejig it and get that going again, which would be cool. He also plays in Crush, uh, a band from Melbourne who are doing pretty well. Um, so check them out. Um, and he does stand-up comedy, which at like I guess the focus of what we talked about was the last podcast we did was like two years ago and it, like a lot has changed in the last two years. And um, you know, he's done a lot more stand up and a lot more shows and my life sort of changed a lot. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, like it was interesting to catch up about that sort of stuff. That being said, it's also kind of weird recording a podcast with someone I see like every weekend. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of weird, but anyway, it was a fun chat. Um, I'm glad that, uh, so I could be on the podcast again and hopefully he gets, we get some stuff going again soon for him. So Follow him on socials and stuff at Serlo underscore, which he promotes himself. But yeah, you can keep an eye out for his stand up and he posts crush stuff through there and stuff as well. Um, what have I got on? Mental Cavity. We got a show in October in Canberra at Lowbrow Bar with PTSD, um, Panic Burst and Shock Treatment on the 7th of October. Um, so come to that, we're playing some new songs, it'll be sick, um, yeah, and then keep an ear out for more podcasts, I got lots more planned, excited to be part of the Earbuds Network, and hopefully we get some cool stuff rolling with them, um, but yeah, check out the podcasts on the Earbuds, check out Solo's stuff, check out the old episodes of this podcast, if this is the first time you're hearing it, because you've seen it on Earbuds, cool, welcome, um, but yeah, 
This is Oblivious Maximus, episode 69. How good. With Ben So. Fucking brutal. Ben, number three. You did a live one. Oh, did I? Yep. Oh, that's right. You were ringing. I was a... Oh, no, you weren't. Callum was ringing. Callum was the ringing. Previous. <laughs> As always. <laughs> Dickhead. Um, yeah, that's right. I've, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks for, for having me back. Um, Pleasure. I listened to the first one the other day, and it, it's a nice little, little time capsule. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say... Arguably, we weren't as good friends back then. No. Well, we had been maybe friends for like a year or so. Yeah. Or longer. But content brings you together. Content brings you together. That's it. Um, Funny fact that I just realized. When we did the last one, we did it at this exact table. Is it? I thought it was that one. I'm pointing next to us. (laughs) Visual gag. Visual gag. But it was in the exact same, <laughs> same, same pub, same, same beer spot. garden. Yeah, um, I've been doing them at pubs a lot lately because I have a dog yep. who I'm terrified of people hearing on the podcast because she. The pecking order at home is me, dog, duck. Yeah, duck is a human. But uh, so whenever I leave the room, dog loses it. Yeah, when we're both at home. Yep. So doing a podcast at home at the moment is relatively impossible. You got that whole setup for it in there too. I know. You got that dog in the mix. <laughs> now it's all fucked up. Ah, uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get home at some point soon. Maybe in like a year. I'll just mm. keep doing it with pubs. Wait However, till get that big 18-hour sleep vibe going <laughs> yeah. on. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, okay, so but since the last one, a lot has changed in terms of you doing stuff musically. Yeah, um, well, I hadn't realized when we did the last one, yeah, I was still playing in a band called Kissing Booth. I was playing bass in that. Um, I think that was around, like, March 2015 we recorded that one. Yeah. And I think the December of that year I left that band. And, yeah, then, since then, uh, I was playing in a band called Summerhill, which I mentioned on that podcast. Yeah. Um, we changed our name to Crush and we were sort of doing more stuff and had a new release and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that is now my like main musical thing. Yeah. And like, which is quite active, I would say now. Like you're playing almost every week. Playing a lot at the moment. Yeah. Um, this, we, we hit a pretty hard end of last year, start of this year. Yeah. Um, so last year we recorded, we recorded some stuff. We went in just because we're like ah, oh, we like doing this band and it, it was with two guys um i know we had the when it was Summerhill, we had another drummer yeah he left and then that took us ages to find a, a fit of mm. a new person but we finally found um this uh, dan who played in a band called machina genova who are from canberra yes um he joined the band and then we were like wrote some new stuff and he w- he played some of the old stuff and then we recorded again about midway through last year yeah and we did that with 
Jay Mass, who played in bands like Defeater and stuff like that. Yeah. And just was just going to put it out digitally and then sent it to our mate Carl Burnett, who is sort of part of Hobbledyhoy Records, and then they liked it and decided that they wanted to work with us. And, yeah, they pressed it into a 7-inch for us. So we put that out uh, late uh, 2016 and played a fair few shows at the end of last year and yeah it's been been going really well and, and has done more than we really expected yeah um, it's still quite a new band and we're still trying to figure out what the next steps are and stuff like that but we've had a year of that being out and a year of kind of shows and stuff like that so it's been a, a fun experience we, we have done some more recording since we recorded three new tracks that are coming out in the next little while um we're just trying to find the right time to to put them out but we're sort of working on a video and um all that kind of stuff to go with it and yeah yeah, it's been uh, i after i left kissing booth i I left that um because i wanted to focus on stand-up which i kind of have yeah but i wasn't really expecting to do a band of any significance again and this just kind of popped up and it's 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 a good fit for me because it's more it's more about you know I'm, pl- I'm playing bass but I'm also singing and writing lyrics and stuff like that so yeah. I'm a much more active member of the band and um, I do a lot of the organising and stuff as well so um, it's it's really me driving it which yeah I wasn't really sure that that was going to be a fit for me again with music stuff because I wanted to focus on stand up but uh yeah it's been great like it's been great to have some like to record something and go well oh this is really well received and um you know on a local level and go cool like this is something new and kind of exciting and we've been able to play some really cool shows with it and yeah it's been great and um like with the stand-up too i guess last time we talked you were really sort of just starting out i guess yeah well I listen, yeah, I, I mentioned before we started, I listened back to it just to uh, just to go like, what the hell did we talk about back yeah. then? I'd done nine spots ever yeah. when we'd recorded that one. Have you done nine this week? Uh, I've done five this week. <laughs> um, I did nine last week and I've done, I'm just bringing out, I got a, I got a list of all the gigs that I do. Um huge so uh, since the start of the year where the hell is this <laughs> great to get the admin done on the <laughs> on the live pod uh that's why it's really funny when you listen to podcasts and people look up things on their phone yeah, no, yeah. It's, uh so i've got a running total of i've done 110 this year fucking hell so that's it's mostly like spots at open mic rooms but yeah. um yeah it's it's been i so I really hit the ground running with stand-up mid-2016. Um, yeah. And, yeah, when I first started, I would go every couple of weeks. And then this comic that... Uh, Sydney comic um, I ran into was sort of, like, friendly with. He was like, you know, you should try and go twice a week. And then yeah. once I started doing that, I kind of enjoyed stand-up, but I kind of caught the bug of, like, gigging heaps. And that's when, once you doing start doing that, you, I noticed the difference of being like... Okay, I'm improving. Yeah. Like, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's been really, really cool. I think it's one of those things, too. Like, I mean, again, I don't do it, so I don't know. This could be a total misconception. But from what I understand, and I think 
like I would say I'm like on the verge of being like a pretty devout like comedy dork with mm. some aspects of it definitely not stand up as much but other elements of it and I would say like from everything that you hear and everything that you read and stuff it's like people who do it a lot those are the people who get good at it and how you, it's like a muscle it's not like I mean that makes sense as well it's like playing guitar like I think too that's there's a reason why you start playing guitar when you're 13 but then your bands start getting good when you're like 23 mm. because like yeah. you've gotten rid of all the shit and yeah. you know? well it's always that thing of like people coming off the end of a tour and a band's really tight yeah. and, you know because they just played a huge run of gigs in a row and mm. yeah stand up's the same I, I noticed that you just gotta get those hours under your belt and those yeah. gigs under your belt and yeah once I started trying to do more gigs and yeah just found I was like oh you know I'm more comfortable I'm less nervous yeah. And now I really only get nervous if it's like a bigger gig, which is a bit of a step up from what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. Like this week, uh, uh, yeah, MC to gig on Wednesday. Last night I went to Bendigo to do a gig and, um, yeah, drove up there, did a gig and did that with Greg Fleet, who's like a, you know, old Melbourne comedian, that kind of thing. So yeah. it was really cool to go like, oh, I, you know, two years ago I was just thinking about doing this and now I'm sort of at a level where I'm able to sort of go, you know, do some regional gigs and stuff like that. And, and hopefully, you know, in six months down the track, I might try and do some interstate stuff and stuff as well. But yes. yeah, also did a, a comedy festival earlier this year. So me and um, two other guys, we did a run of 12 shows. So which half the comedy festival, which was sick. So that's something that I've, you know, I've loved forever. So mm. it was great to be able to actually do it. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like, I mean, I think a thing like that too. And that's like, not only is it like just cool to do because you love it it's like that's an actual like landmark type thing for you doing something like that as well it's like it's like the first time you go on tour it's yeah well it was like almost um i think it was like almost pretty much two years to the to when i started to then doing a comedy festival yeah that's so great. and it was kind of wild thinking like shit i only started this two years ago and um i mean there's not nothing like there's no like rules it, there's no rules to doing the yeah. comedy festival you can just pay money and do it but yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> i i don't think i would have done it unless i felt <laughs> somewhat competent to be you'd able have to, to be you'd have to be pretty fucking like proud of yourself to go and book a comedy uh, fest thing but there's being so terrible there's so many people that do like we were <laughs> um uh, talking today with or last night with a couple of comics about people that have done like five ever gigs and they're like doing an hour at the fringe festival it's like yeah, cool. That's gonna be an hour of like every idea you have, not the good stuff. <laughs> you literally standing there and going, just brain fighting for an hour. Yeah, doing what you should be doing at open mics for two years. For two years yeah. at in front of people who have paid money. It's like, yeah, great. That that'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So how how do you think? Um, like, how do you think your, li- you, like, your life has sort of changed then in terms of those things that you're doing? I think if you... Like, I think two years ago as well, like, I'm just sort of thinking... When we talked, I think, last time... I think the one I did with you was, like, one of the first... In the first sort of run, I think. Yeah. Maybe th- in, like, the teens? Yeah, I think it was, like, in the 20s or something like that. Okay. Yeah. But I think as well, like, even back that far now, like, I know when I back doing this i think then i was like starting to find my legs yeah. but even still like when i listen to this 
now, like when I listen to the last couple I've done and even before I took the little break, the last few I did before that, I really feel like I've only been good at this or what I deem as good at this for like maybe the last like 20 of them. Like, I don't know if, I think all the ones before that, I was trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah, I I think those those things do take such a long time to um, develop. Like, uh, you, like what you were saying with being in a band when you're a kid, you, you need it to be, not shit, but you need it to be amateur and you need to just keep plugging through it for yeah. it to become good. Yeah. Or like to figure out your way with it. Um, yeah, I think that's... and. and I think the thing for me, like the reason I bring it up is because I think in the last, I, the cool thing about doing this podcast has been that it's basically like documented my life for the last two years, like documented what I've been doing and mm. where I've been at. And then, and I think like a big thing is like, you can tell where I thought still for a time, like stuff was going to be like ramping up for I exist and then it bottomed out. Uh, not not right. for anything, not for any bad reasons. Like people just had real life stuff to do, mm. but like you can hear where, like you can tell where I start getting like really more keen into the podcast, and then like it sort of wavers a little bit, and then you know tried to do the live things and they went well, and mm. you know, and then like it's it's really interesting though. Like it's this weird like yeah, like we were saying before, like it's a, it's a weird time capsule, and I, I guess you've got that incremental thing of like yeah. you're on every one, yeah. But like me listening back to it. I was listening to the way that I was talking about being in Kissing Booth, and I was like, oh, yeah, I was clearly over it at that time. <laughs> like, I should have left then, yeah, not yeah. not the, when the six months later that I did end up leaving the band. <coughs> um, and and that was, yeah, purely about me and that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I was, I, I, I'd sort of forgotten that I'd felt like that. Yeah. And, and I guess that's interesting about having things, like, recorded like this where you can listen back and just go. And I also listened to the back back to that going like oh, i'm being weirdly professional on that as well i'm like that's not me at all yeah um, yeah but um so in the in the middle of that too we we did a podcast together for a little while or i i helped you do a podcast yeah for well, a while. well that was funny about listening back to it as well that i realized that i'd done a whole podcast and stopped in the in the time that we had um so yeah i had the podcast of bad times um that i was doing for a while and yeah, well, I think with that kind of made the mistake of, of stopping because I guess once you stop, yeah, like it's hard. It's hard to get back going again, and um, we, we've been talking for a little while about getting it going again. Yeah, because I think it's a, especially I think at the time when I, well, when I started, I, I don't think I'd, I'd only just started stand up. Yeah, and at the, when I was trying to do that podcast, I was trying to get my friends to do it, mm. and like people, you know, fringe people that I knew as well, but then now I'm like well now I know all these comics I yeah. can just get them to do it because they're be- used to doing things like this yeah <laughs> that's right like I I was getting people who were friends who were, were great um, contributors to the podcast and stuff like that but some people really freeze up when they do podcasts and yeah. stuff like that um, well, I think the other thing too is like it's it's a pretty it's a uh, you have to be pretty uh, I don't want to say self-absorbed but I guess that is a pretty good way to think about it like you have to be pretty conscious and confident and wanting to put yourself out there and i would say like not that a lot of those people didn't want to do that but i i would say like some of those people aren't the most outgoing of people you know in ter- like socially outgoing or, yeah you know? well it and i guess like the thing is that it's you, not everyone wants to be in the 
public, public eye. eye. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting thing as well. Like I think about that a lot. Like, um, you know, you open yourself up to scrutiny and stuff like that, even on a small level. If yeah. someone just making a comment on Twitter and stuff like that, so yeah, I can understand why not a lot of people would want to be on a podcast and stuff like that yeah or that, you know that, not necessarily podcast just anything yeah. like that that being said i think everyone that was on it like killed it in terms of like i when you know we talked about having those people talk i was like oh yeah you know i'm friends with these people that'd be great and then mm. they talked and i was like oh that person was like really good at talking on a microphone like yeah well and uh, so I guess for people who don't know, the podcast was like loosely news-based yeah. where pe- I'd pick a couple of articles each week and then we'd discuss them with friends and I'd have a couple of talking points and stuff like that. And um, it was mostly meant to be quite light-hearted, but also I think the issue was that it got quite serious yeah, towards it. Got, got deep. And then I was like, I'm not that person at all. <laughs> I'm big dickhead. Can't talk about these big... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I really want to try and do it again. And I've got some really good ideas about how to get around that. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully that's something that we work Can on again. Tool, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, re- it's really funny, I think, thinking about as well. Like, so, as I said at the start, like, I don't think you and I were, like, as good friends before we did that. Or, like, you know, we were friends, but, like, not... I think in the last couple of years, you and I have become quite close friends and, like, yeah. see each other all the time and stuff. Mm. And I don't know whether it was... I think for sure for a while it was a result of seeing each other all the fucking time. Yeah, well, Duck... we do the podcast together. Your partner made that that joke about that I see saw you more than she did, um, which was just true. Yeah. <laughs> no word of a lie. But, like, I think that that's a funny thing, too, is that I... So, for me, with doing this, and I don't mean to make this all about me, but you're relevant to this, is that, um, like, doing this has made me like friends with lots more people Mm. like people who i just kind of knew like i'm now like either really good friends with or have developed like working relationships with them out of just fucking doing this talking thing yeah well it's kind of on a different level but i i've definitely found the same thing of of doing stand-up where it's like it's added you know not every comic that i perform with or whatever ends up being a friend well most don't but yeah. you, you find this whole new group of people and especially with comedy and i think music is kind of the same that a lot of people mo- move to melbourne from other places and they yeah. don't necessarily have those big friendship groups and stuff here mm. um so it's been great to be able to meet i think a big thing for me in comedy is that at the time when i started it i wasn't really in any of the social side of comedy um yeah. But now I've got good mates who are comics and stuff as well through doing comedy and doing a lot of gigs together. So you're like, it opens up and you, you know, I know a bunch more people now and a bunch more people that are like-minded in terms of performing and stuff like that as well. Yeah. And do you feel that like doing, like, I mean, because I guess when you think about it, like if we look back at that last one again, that like at that time you were, you know, doing one band and just sort of starting comedy. But as you said before, like that the band you were in at the time, you were sort of, on the outs in terms mm. of personally and then inevitably were not in that band anymore but if you it, i was just thinking like in that time as well where you're at now like you're pretty busy in terms of doing stand-up a lot and then playing shows pretty regularly and stuff like yeah and do you think back then like i know i know i would say for, for sure for me when like i just took that little downturn i just thought like oh well i guess i'm just gonna start working like i guess mm. like I'll stop caring about this stuff and I'll just try and be better at my job or something. And then I've ended up doing a million other things. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's 
it's sort of interesting because I, I yeah at the, at the at the moment like yeah I've probably been busier than I've ever been yeah and part of me feels like a wanker for saying that as well because I'm well, like like everyone's busy yeah, yeah. Uh, but like <laughs> we so all got a lot on we all got a lot on it's not just you <laughs> but I do. Like my my Google cal- calendar is like very like I've got things back to back, and then trying to do these sort of creative pursuits, and then try and also just do simple stuff like going to the footy, and then hanging out with mates, and then yeah. trying to see someone and stuff like that. And it's 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 good because I I was thinking that like from maybe I I didn't start po- really playing in bands until I was about twenty five. Okay. So I had bands in like you know dumb bands in high school yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But playing in a band that did shows and then did little tours and stuff didn't really properly start till I joined Kissing Booth. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like a cr- couple of crappy Melbourne bands that didn't do much. But I used to just you know like come home from work and just or when I was at uni I'd just come home, hang out, then go back to uni or work or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really do anything other than just hang out with my friends mm. and then or go to shows and stuff on the weekends yeah. and then when I started doing the band and then so I'm sort of feel like I'm making up for life, lost time a bit as yeah. well like I'm um, I really should have started stand up a long time ago it was something that I wanted to try for a long time um, but I think I was kind of ready when I when I started and, and I had the same thought a couple of years ago as well like um, you know I had the career and and then where I was working, I got a redundancy and that's kind of what triggered me to go like, oh, what do I want to try? Yeah. And that's when I started trying stand-up. So you do kind of figure when things take a bit of a turn, what's going to fill the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I'm trying to do stand-up gig most nights of the week um, like or a couple in a night, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then trying to fit in band practice so like if i don't have a night where i'm doing stand-up or you know instead of going to an open mic i'll have band practice instead yeah and then there's band stuff on the weekends um so it's yeah it gets pretty busy and then but uh, yeah i don't know i guess if i i do feel like kind of exhausted and stuff like that but in mm. a good way <laughs> yeah yeah i guess well, i think it, <coughs> i think the thing is you get i mean you get satisfaction out of it so you don't recognize like I think <clears throat> I was just saying before that in inside to a friend of ours who's sitting inside, but I was just saying that like, yeah, I was doing my tax and I was thinking of how I've spent like, I c- pretty consistently have been spending like hundreds of dollars to go to Canberra to play in a band mm. from Canberra because, you know, even though I exist sort of bottomed out, I'm just doing a new band that's from there anyway with the same yeah. guys. But I pretty consistently go and spend 400 or so dollars to go to Canberra to make like negative $100 when I play a show. So like I'm just shoveling the whole... At the same time when I go and do that, like it seems crazy people I work with in particular, like, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, I'm just going to go to Canberra for the night. And they're like, oh, that's, you know, insane amount of travel, like... Mm. You know, and then I'm, you know, in reality, they're like, I go to Canberra for a night and come straight home, and then I just do whatever I do on Sunday and go back to work on Monday. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that that's been the thing as well. Like people at work going like, "What did you get up to last time?" Like, I when did three stand up gigs that kind of thing. So it's been, yeah, it's been interesting to go like people. A lot of people at work are talking about Game of Thrones at the moment. I haven't kept up with it. And then, oh, mate, it is. And it's a ripper. I, I feel like, oh man, I gotta stay home so I can fucking catch up on the office banter. 
That uh, okay. That's that's a good that's a good talk. But I would say two years ago, I definitely wasn't working in an office. Yeah. And I reckon a lot of like the things that I think are funny in my life are just like, like okay, so. You know, there's that show on telly at the moment that's just people talking whatever at their workplace or whatever. Mm. That's like, I don't... One, it's definitely staged. Mm. How I don't know how they've duped the country into thinking that, like, those people are actually on the job mm. when there's a full Channel 7 camera crew there. Yeah. But something that I've always thought is, like, funny, like, the first time I ever worked in an office years ago... Um, you know, two people just went and literally, like, out of a Dilbert cartoon or whatever, went and stood next to the, like, the water jug and talked there for ages. And I was like, wow. this is real. This isn't a, this isn't like, maybe we're just a reflection of that or whatever. But then I've spent, so I guess I've been working at the company I work for. I work in the office now and I've been there for the last three months. And, like, I just spend all my day just laughing to myself. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, that was recently that um, at work, like I work for a government department yeah. and uh, like one one woman who was quite higher up came in and was like, oh, did you watch Utopia last night? Oh, it was so funny. Like Utopia is that ABC show yeah, that's yeah. like about a government department, big, big send up on it. And I'm like, I don't know if we should really be identifying <laughs> with that show. show. Like, um, I just like the other day I saw something on the internet about like, I don't know, some meme or something about people watching Game of Thrones. And then I went into work um, and I was sitting there and, you know, uh, someone from my work, I don't. I feel like kind of bad saying this because I feel like at some point someone from my work is going to listen to this. Mm. Anyway, sorry guys. You I know. thought the same thing when I said <laughs> that thing just before. <laughs> anyway. <it> sprung. <laughs> I'll get caught out. Um, but this dude just stood up and he was just like, who in this office has watched Game of Thrones? And like maybe like four or five of us raised their hands and he just goes, in the kitchen now. And I was like, this is real. This yeah. is like, life is a reflection of the internet. <laughs> so, it was so bizarre. And it was like one of those things now, like every week, as much as I'm like actually a dork as well, and I'm like totally happy to go and talk about that stuff. Yeah. While it's happening in my head, I'm like, this is like, I'm not getting paid to do this. Mm. Like, what's like, And like, people make fun of this. This is ridiculous. Mm. Like, but I think that's another thing too where the reason I can get through doing stuff like that is because of stuff like this yeah well that I I had the so last year when I started doing more stand up stuff I was I I could do it because I started working part time for a while Mm. and didn't find it as you know taxing that kind of thing while I was working full time and that was great and but then recently I've just started working full time again and just gone, oh my god! Like I can't believe, like how am I getting through this? Yeah, uh, and doing these things at night as well, like having that downtime. So, and it's and yeah, it's really weird too. Because and the other thing I thought, so yeah, me and Duck got a dog recently, um, which I've actually I feel like I've talked about at length on this podcast now, and I really hate that I'm becoming one of those people that's like, when I see people now, I'm just like talking about my fucking dog, like prepping you to talk about that baby yeah. um but anyway so like I, I got this dog and i thought when leading up to getting the dog i was like this is going to ruin my life in, mm. like i'm going to just spend all my time with this dog yeah and then for the first couple of weeks that's actually what happened because we were both terrified of things going wrong and tearing up the apartment that yeah. kind of thing and then now i'm at the point where like 
if anything in my house is broken now, I just don't even give don't a care shit. anymore. <laughs> like I just, she's broken that much stuff. I have um, a huge hole in my wall, thanks to her. Well, if it helps you, I mean, I got a bit out of you getting a dog, so. Did you? Yeah. I wrote, Go on. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't want to blow it. I don't want to blow the bit, but um, it's about the muzzle test. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you off mic what okay. the actual bit is, but I was like. I'm glad I can provide some good material content, for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, that was, that was the thing where I thought, like, I'm working in an office, I live with my girlfriend, we just got a dog, and I was like, is this... Is this adulthood now? Like, am I a grown-up now? Mm. I have a car that I own, like, and, like, you know, I'm saving money. Like, this is weird. But then I go and do stuff like, I'm just going to record a record real quick, and we're going to pay for all of it. Yeah. So, like, well, we, we're doing this uh, video thing at the moment <coughs> for the band, and uh, we got a friend to, to film it, and then yeah. we got a, another mate to... Um, do some illustrations for it and stuff like that as well and got sent the invoice and just went ah. <laughs> um, reality yeah but I mean sometimes those those things like like this is such a small amount of money but like this week and it's a very unusual week as well yeah. but I made $122 off doing comedy um, ATO if you're listening that's a lie uh, <laughs> um, and zero yeah zero Uh but I was just like, fuck, like that's such a small amount of money. But being paid to do something that you actually like doing is like, yeah. and getting to the point of being like, oh, I can actually somehow make you know, yeah. a very small amount of money to like cover costs and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that's what's cool about doing band stuff sometimes is sometimes you actually you reap. I mean, the rewards are not, you know, most of the time not financial. But no, I mean, not. if if you can get to the point where your hobby is oh, it's, it sort of feels weird to call it a hobby I was talking about this with my dad going like I feel like being in a band and doing stand-up is not really hobbies because no. it wouldn't be this insane about a hobby yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. um, this would be like being really obsessed with flying <laughs> model planes yeah <laughs> yeah that's right um, so it feels weird to call them hobbies but I guess if they can help provide for, for, for themselves to, for you to keep doing it like that's yeah. pretty cool yeah. well, I think that and that's the that's the other thing too I guess about like it's something for, for me at the moment with doing this like doing new bands as opposed to doing a band that I'd been doing for like you know years and years and years where that had gotten to the point where it paid for itself like we weren't kicking mm. in anymore and then now doing this with the same people doing a similar thing and it was it was really funny like I think it took us a couple a couple weeks to realize like oh, like, people aren't just going to like this band because it's the same dudes from the other band. Like, it's a new thing. Even though, like, I think to a lot of people it probably sounds a lot like the old band, but to us it's totally different. And, like, just having a different name, like I'm sure you experienced with Crush as well, like, having a different name of a band, but and if you change anything, basically means you have to start again. Like, yeah. it just resets the whole thing. Well, we, we had that like we, when we were in summer here we didn't get to any you know we just had a demo out and played a few shows and stuff but there was still that took a bit of time for people to go like oh it's an it's really a new it's band it's thing yeah it's its own thing like we just you know use the same Facebook page you know yeah. <laughs> don't want to lose those likes <laughs> yeah so do a bit of admin um, but going down to Tassie on the, we went down to Tassie on the weekend which was meant to be part of a tour that sort of fell apart a bit and we decided to still go yeah i've always had really good experiences playing shows down in tassie but 
it was a lot it was a really fun trip and one of the shows was really fun but one was quite quiet yeah and i had to go like oh like i remember having really good experiences down here when i played in kissing booth but Mm. that was also because a the band was a bit more established and b we had a tasmanian in the band who had the connections which is you know my mate tomo or our mate tomo yeah and um so it was kind of a bit of a reality check of like oh like even though it's you people you've got to still yeah re-establish yourself as this band yeah yeah. um so it's yeah that was kind of kind of interesting like yeah starting from scratch is kind of i think with crush we we did have a bit of a leg up by having the release with with um hobbity hoy (coughs) but now we've kind of (coughs) kind of got the reality of oh like we have to now like back it up as well yeah so by you know continuing to put stuff out that that uh we think is good and and all that kind of stuff yeah it's mad (coughs) it's it's like it's a weird thing i think i haven't been i think well at least the last couple podcasts i've done talking like music with music people has all been me talking to people that are like like it's going it's kicking for them like Mm. and you know which is great but then at the same time like i think it's pretty funny being like in a in the position that i'm in like how this looks to the outside is either like one of two ways either people think you're doing stuff all the time so it must be successful or you're doing stuff all the time like you're just fucking wasting your money yeah but then the thing like with it being a hobby as well is like and again like i think i've talked about this a million times in here but like if i wasn't doing either of these plethora of things that i do i'd be shoveling my money into something else and like Mm. Whatever that is, I'm sure it pro- may not be as expensive as l- literally flying all over the place to play to not many people is, but and get not get paid for it. But then at the end yeah. of the day, like that's not the purpose of doing it either. Like it's not. Yeah, well, it was interesting, like having a conversation, like I was having a conversation with my dad, like about money and stuff like that, and he was like, "Oh, well, you know, the band kind of costs you a fair bit of money and stuff like that." And I was like, "Yeah, it does, but." what do I do? Not do it? Like, yeah. And I guess a lot of people would be go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, but I guess, like, I think about that going down to Tassie on the weekend. Like, um, so we played Hobart and Launceston mm. and we played it with a band from Newcastle, Jacob. Um, and we got there, we hired a van um, just because it was easy to get around that way because yeah. there's not much public transport in Tassie. And then, like, picked up those guys and we went out to Mona spent like a couple of hours out there at the art gallery yeah went to the venue loaded in did what we needed to do played the show the show was alright like wasn't really that many people there Mm. but weirdly the venue had some door charge thing but people just went out the back (laughs) they just paid to get in the pub so oh right so we made money off the show which was weird like getting handed money and then going like oh like we didn't play to that many people <laughs> but then so after that we were like ah okay like you know felt a bit dejected or whatever yeah and then so the next day we got up had food drove to launceston and then we got to launceston and we we're staying at the place that, that we got hooked up with accommodation and stuff when we were there and it was like a cool little venue 
and um, the show was fucking great. Like, yeah. and then people were like, and you know, there wasn't tons of people there, but there was enough people where it, where it felt fun. Yeah. And after the show, people were like, "Fuck, thank you so much for coming here." Like, you know, a lot of people give Launceston a miss and stuff like that. And we had a, we ended up getting along really well with Jacob, and that was it was great. Like, it, it sort of made the trip. Yeah. And I was like, well, this was just a great weekend away. Like, one show was a bit bit whatever but yeah the, but at the same time if you have if you have a weekend away you can always have one whatever day well that's <laughs> like, it well that's it and and the rest of us were all like it, it was great sort of doing shows with them because um they were uh got a that, cd lurker <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you, you can be in it if you want <laughs> john hatfield everybody from photography anyway. good to see you john Shave the bit off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, yeah, so the Launceston show sort of made the trip, and yeah, and we ended up just getting along really well with that band, band Jacob. So it was like, cool, we got to make some new mates. The trip wasn't wasn't a you know a bust or anything, yeah. and then we made enough money to pay for our twelve seater van that we hired. So it was like, <laughs> well, all it really cost us was the money that we spent on food and our flights if we could pay for a van like that's sick like yeah so and it was just like and it was our first time down there as well so it was like well you just got to go and figure it out and stuff like that so i just had the same thing when we went down there. like i mean I, we went i don't know i think it was like maybe just after our like second record came out and we'd never been down there and i think at that time we'd maybe played with luca brazi like once and this was like well before luca brazi were as sort of renowned as they are now yeah. um we went down and funnily enough we had sort of like oh, a similar thing well like, but in the opposite order like we went to Launceston and we played the show in Launceston and, and like a lot of those Luca Brasi guys came and we'd like again really I think we'd only really met them once but the one time we met them we'd gotten real drunk with them so it was fun and whatever mm. we just spent like all day drinking played this show we were put up at the pub or whatever gave us tons of piss gave us a bunch of food it was really fun mm show rolls around there was probably like 70 or 80 people there so not like a packed house but at the same time like fine for the first time we'd ever been to a place and we were headlining and mm. played with three bands that we'd ne- like never heard of they were all just Tassie bands yeah and um, yeah the show was like fucking insane like crazy like one of the silliest shows I've ever played you know m- mainly because of booze but whatever mm. and then like but then the next day we drove down to Hobart and we're like, you know, playing this venue. Everyone's like telling us all weekend about how good this venue is, how it's like the best place to play. Get down there and there was like no one there. Like straight up nobody at this what, show. What's that about? Because, uh, I mean, a lot of people have said that, that Launceston is usually... Yeah, I've that. heard that. It, I don't know. But so like, yeah, we go down, we go to Hobart and it's like a total stinker. Mm. And we just decided like, we're not going to stay here. We're just going to go stay back at the pub we sat at last night. <laughs> so we, like, played and got drunk, left. The venue got mad at us because they set up rooms for us. So, sorry, yeah. the Brisbane Hotel. Apologize. I understand you're a good venue. Anyway, so we left, went back to this pub in Launceston that, like, people at the time, you I drove guess... drove, like, two hours back to Launceston. Yeah. Wow. Hectic. We bought a case of beer. Patty drove. The rest of us drank the case of beer. Thanks, Patty. And then when we got there, like, got rolled back into the pub and the dude who had the pub, it was like, you know, kings returning from mm. a... And we walked in, the guy was like, boys, you're back! Ah! <laughs> 
and you know jake bought everyone at the bar shots and then we got even more you know it was like and then again like got home and then at the end of the whole thing it was like ah that was like a really fun thing to do and like i guess i've probably had like 40 of those experiences now where there's one thing that's shit one thing that's good but the whole time is like what would i have done if i was here yeah like well we just kind of ended up making like a weekend away of it like you would like you would with anything you just go away for the weekend you do some stuff get real drunk and then go home (laughs) um and then if anything i'm just getting closer to getting that silver virgin velocity uh, (laughs) racking up those points i was aiming you know like total gig losers rather not veterans actual rookies not having the higher quality freaking flyer passes i only just got it i feel like a biggest dickhead yeah yeah. Uh, my mum gifted me a gold one. Whoa. Thanks, mum. But, you know, all I'm just thinking of is like, what am I going to check in my luggage now? I've got so much more weight. I'm not worried. I'm not like loading up my backpack with things so I can slide in. Well, if any uh, any musos out there don't have that APRA membership, you get 64 kilos on Virgin. That's, That's why we were just like, even though the the flight is technically more expensive it, you end up saving a bunch of money by doing the it sounds like I'm fucking promo on Virgin but this is muso tips muso <laughs> tips but like we, we were struggling to get cabs and uh, luckily uh, Tyler from Luca Brasi helped us out and got us some cabs for the Hobart show so thank you mate yeah um, but Mick our guitarist was just like man I could have just brought my cab with that <laughs> <laughs> with that weight thing so uh, it's a good deal I'm still pretty 50 50 as to whether i take my guitar amp with me tomorrow i feel like that's a real big dick move have to you take got a head. the got the like the proper case and stuff yeah yeah like i've it. got a case yeah like that was another thing like when i was 18 i thought like you know what i'm gonna need for my guitar amp a flight case um, and i've absolutely used it one time in well, 10 years Mick, our guitarist had to fly back from had to we because we're just all super good with money we bought our flights up and then waited till we got paid next to buy our flights back yeah so then we had to fly back from brisbane last time we went there mick bought a virgin flight i know not a virgin jetstar yeah jetstar it's got to be the worst now yeah like it's tiger gone below tiger tiger have popped up again good on you guys (laughs) the underdog (laughs) way Uh, to pull your socks up (laughs) yeah uh but jetstar were like now they've got this 25 dollar it's bonkers oversized thing yeah they're like they're just like bands nah we don't want them you got a pram fuck you yeah <laughs> um and then surfboard forget it but the, i mean the good thing that tiger have you can pay more to put your have more in cabin baggage as well yeah and yeah uh jetstar don't have that so he made mick put his like soft case amp under the plane <laughs> and he got it like we pulled it out at melbourne just like oh this could be just fucking shattered like no idea um, one of the one of the best amp um, travel things I've ever seen was w- we played uh, with Blood Duster in Queensland uh, some years ago, and I got we were on the same I was on the same flight as going to Queensland, and Matt the guitar player just had his Marshall Jubilee like very expensive tube amp. He just put a cardboard box around it and uh. taped a cardboard box to it, and he goes, "It's on my home and contents insurance, man. I don't give a shit if it breaks." And I was like, hell yeah. I, I was like, I got on the plane and I sat down. And I was like, I don't think that's how contents insurance works. No, nah, if I you, don't, think you, could take if you don't take the proper steps to protect <laughs> your, it's not, that's like leaving the, key, the keys in your car and going like, ah, oh, it's just an insurance write off. 
Yeah. But, I mean, good on you, Virgin, for keeping that going, and fuck you, Jetstar. Yeah, well, big shout They stung me with that the other week, going to Canberra, too. Big shout out to APRA for that, that sweet deal of getting that. Yeah. And it costs you nothing to be an APRA member. In fact, you get money for doing it. So there you go, guys. Uh, if you've learned anything from this, it's sign up to APRA. Claim um, those royalties, too. This is a thing that I feel like hardcore and punk in general don't realize that, like, you know when cool guys like Josh or whatever from Short Fast Loud play a song on the radio? They will give you money for that. Well, I Just had... get it. Luckily, <laughs> sitting there. someone in Kissing Booth, for some reason, gave me a writing credit on those songs. So... Because I wasn't an app member and then I signed up, there was a bunch of stuff sitting next yeah. to my name that I didn't know about. And then I got $47 the other day. So Great result. Don't let anyone tell you nothing comes of being a sook. There you <laughs> go. I'm writing songs about it. <laughs> <laughs> I still get money from Outright, so cheers, guys. Yeah. Keep playing gigs, please. <laughs> Love that. All right, that feels like a good place to stop talking where we've just talked about how good APRA is and making mm. s- pennies off playing music. That's it. That's sick. Um, so, oh, do you have anything to spruik? Um, I guess check out Crush, C-R-U-S-C-H. <sighs> just to fuck you just up. Just that weird spelling. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, don't really have any stand-up stuff coming up apart from just doing gigs around town, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Serlo underscore. There you go. You give, heard it here. Give us a follow. Um, Fuck yeah. Look out for new crush stuff soon. Yeah. yeah. Sick. All right. Well, thanks for doing it. Thank you. See you, mate.